Culture Studios. Anytime, anywhere, smartphone, tune in radio app, we are WRKN. 1061 Nash Icon, Picayune, New Orleans. Good evening, and welcome to All Access on 1061 FM Nash Icon at NashFM1061.com, presented by CrescentCitySports.com, the best sports site in Louisiana. All Access is also presented by the Allstate Sugar Bowl, representing the best of amateur athletics, and by Francesca by Katie's, serving up St. Louis-style food with a New Orleans flair. All Access is also brought to you by Lamarck Ford and Lamarck Lincoln in Kenner, by Rhino Shield Mid-South, Bergeron Automotive in Metairie, by LifeGate Church in Mandeville in Metairie, by Premier Automotive throughout the New Orleans area, John Curtis Christian School in River Ridge, by Life Resources Ministries with outreaches throughout the New Orleans area, and by the RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl. It's your chance to talk intelligent sports, all sports, all the time. To join in the conversation, call 504 260 1061. Now, here's your host, University of New Orleans play by play voice, Jude Young of CrescentCitySports.com and Cumulus Radio New Orleans. You know, it was interesting, and those listening on the podcast uh, won't get this lead in, but just hearing Eric Asher at the end of Inside New Orleans talk about going back and forth with Crescent City Sports' own Les East about the direction of the Saints, whether they agree or disagree. And obviously there was more disagreement on topics such as should Dennis Allen be the head coach and what they should do about uh, the quarterback position moving forward. I'm just guessing, not having had time to hear their comments, but ericasher.com, check out the podcast if you want to go back on that because these are two informed local journalists. And, you know, I knew I was going to start the show thinking about the Saint situation, and I can point out some really great articles on the subject on Crescent City Sports, including Les East's view of what went wrong this past season, leading to a 7-10 and record, and the area-by-area breakdown of the season and team that is slash was, still is, until changes happen, by the great Ross Jackson of the Locked On podcast as well. And my basic spin on it, and we really started getting into this last week on the show. You can go to CCS Podcast and the menu on Creston City Sports if you want to check that out. But what changed from watching two teams play to win in Week 18 to close out the regular season with nothing to play for? New Orleans and Carolina, that is, in the Dome, 10-7. to 7. <laughs> What changed, that is? Nothing changed. And yet the spotlight shines a little brighter on what is and isn't right about the Saints in that particular game. I'll say the final score again for you, as if you don't already know, 10-7. to 7. Healthy down the stretch, although not a perfect unit, the Saints are a really good one. And you look at the fact that when's the last time they gave up more than 20 points? Week 9, 
at the halfway mark of the season. Well, for the Saints there, ninth game out of 17, there was a bye in the second full half of the season by week. And that was one week, that 27-point Monday night performance by uh, then-healthy Lamar Jackson in Baltimore. One week after the Saints gave up zero, a goose egg, in blanking the Raiders. There were problems defensively in the early part of the season where the defense gave up no fewer than 20 points the first seven weeks of the year. No fewer than 20. From that shutout on, overall a different bunch. And you can even argue that the Ravens game doesn't go the way it does. A 27-13 loss if the offense isn't so bad at staying on the field. And let's face it, getting to 21 was a struggle throughout most of the rest of the schedule, save for a pretty good performance against the Rams. Interestingly, the offense got worse. (laughs) Well, the defense got better. And some will argue part of that is how a game is coached, and rightfully so, in the area of complementary football. If your defense is playing well, your offense is less likely to take chances, less likely to get into a hurried mode to try to score points, less likely to see a defense, close, lower-scoring games, an opposing defense, in this case, going up against the Saints and giving anything away. When you're protecting a lead, especially a multi-score lead, you know how things go. They want you to run time at the expense of putting first downs together, moving the football, and that will lead to more points. Sometimes it's counterintuitive, and fans have right at times to complain about it as a result. But the overall view, taking that into account, is still when relatively healthy to full strength, the Saints defense is still amongst one of the best in the league. However... Much of the year, Marshawn Lattimore, your number one corner, being injured. The major changes at the safety slash nickel positions, where it was an entirely new cast most of the year, with the only experienced returnee from last year to this one, P.J. Williams being injured a lot, so even he couldn't factor in. Playmakers like C.J. Gardner-Johnson. Malcolm Jenkins, of course, you, you, What can you say about Marcus Williams as a scapegoat for one moment in his career, and maybe two, that we don't have to go over, but game in, game out, an excellent center fielder type as a free safety who does come up with interceptions. Saints defense wasn't able to do that. They didn't turn people over, and they turned it over way too much on the other side of the ball. Part of a major imbalance picture when just comparing the overall quality of the defense to the offense. The latter is simply not good enough to call yourself a contender in the NFL moving forward. And the question becomes, what was the biggest reason for that or reasons for that? And that's where throwing out head coach, because there is no head coach debate. Dennis Allen's going to be the head coach. I think as a defensive-minded coach, every once in a while he'll err on the side of trusting his defense, particularly if that unit in 2023 continues to be the better of the two between them and the offense. 
but I also think he will give a lot of latitude to whoever's calling the plays. And whether that's Pete Carmichael or not is certainly up for debate. And I've listened to the local journalists say they're going to keep him. Should they or should they not keep them? Keep him. I think there needs to be a change. And yes, with change comes risk. You can actually be worse offensively than just mediocre. You can be flat out bad. You can be lost. But I think that's a chance you have to take. Just like I think bringing in talent that you're willing to play at the quarterback position next year is another chance you have to take. As in, you, if you do bring in a veteran looking for a change of scenery that has more upside than Andy Dalton, you have to be willing to also play that guy. Whether you start bringing up names like Zach Wilson... Seems like he's going to need to have his change of scenery to see if he can play in the NFL. Is Baker Mayfield another super high draft choice? Is he fixable? He was number one. Did you see enough of Sam Darnold on Sunday to think you'd want to take a roll of the dice with him? That's just part of it. These are top three picks overall. Tells you how much they don't work out. So even if the Saints say the miracle of miracles, I, I just don't see how Sean Payton would net you if he were traded to one of his potential suitors here, the Arizona Cardinals who hold the number three overall pick. I, you better be sure. You can't just say because it's the best prospect on the board, we'll take a chance whether it's C.J. Stroud. That seems to be the, the name that's going to come up more than any at that particular choice. Well, whether it's anybody. Bryce Young, I think, goes in the top two and he wouldn't be there. Let's just say that hypothetical. Even then, you better be sure. You can't just say, well, he's the best-rated guy amongst these guys that have first-round grades. You better have a vision and a real feel like this can be successful. Don't just do it to do it. That is, if the Saints wind up coming up with a first-round pick through trade from somebody else that's middle of the first round, late in the first round. Like, I'm still extremely interested in how the penny kick, uh, penny kick it, right? Kenny Pickett experiment in Pittsburgh is going to go. He was taken 20th overall after a pair of Saints first-round picks this past spring. Played for Pitt. Steelers knew him well. He's athletic, tough. He's talented. So I was a first-round pick. But long-term, is he going to get you as far as you want to go? Certainly remains to be seen. And I don't have any problem from what I saw from Pickett this year with the Saints deciding, you know, if we're going to use first-round capital, nah, not him. I don't have any problem with that at all. Like Rene Nato wrote last week for Crescent City Sports, some potential Saints options if they go young quarterback, second, third, fourth round type guys, maybe even late round picks. Maybe you can find your next Brock Purdy. 
from Mr. Irrelevant out of Iowa State to starting for a team that could legitimately win the Super Bowl as a rookie right now in San Francisco. It's luck of the draw. So if you're not in love with a guy, don't pull a trigger on him if you actually do, if you're the Saints. Come up with a first-round pick this year. I'd rather go the Andy Dalton plus retread that's young, who could get it right with you, a la Geno Smith, better late than never, plus still having Taysom Hill as a mix-in weapon, then going ahead with somebody just because, well, let's say we get a first-round pick, and we really need to now. That, that doesn't fit the description of the Saints front office, even now without Sean Payton as a major decision maker. I don't think that has changed. The Saints are still going to go with you know, the best player available range as how they're going to make those decisions with picks as valuable as one in the top 32. Again, if the Saints do wind up having one after a Sean Payton trade, and that's exactly what they should do. Don't just grab a quarterback to grab a quarterback because it's the most important position on the field. And if you're going to invest in one, especially with a first-round pick, especially if it happens to be a higher one, that's a contract where you want it to be a major plus for you before it's time to renew. Where if you're renewing a guy that was a first-round pick, you're paying him at or around top-of-the-league money. So it's investment where you want to get value out of the contract pretty quickly and then not regret then marrying even longer term that type of player. There's a lot to decide, a lot of dominoes to fall. There are 31 other teams making decisions at quarterback and others. Where will, if at all, if anywhere, Aaron Rodgers be? That's, you know, where's he going to go? Is he going to come back to Green Bay? Is he going to play at all? Where would he end up? Jimmy Garoppolo, free agent. Geno Smith, will he reach free agency? Will Seattle marry him after seeing what they have and in the end making the playoffs? Will they go that route? A surprise. Look, they weren't sure. I think they were halfway through training camp and still wondering, well, maybe we should just go with Drew Locke of all people because he's younger. Maybe he's got more potential, and we always have Geno as a fallback. I'm reading minds. I, I, I haven't looked at the day-to-day reporting back in the preseason for Seattle. Maybe Pete Carroll and his staff knew all along in Seattle that it was clear, oh, this Geno's ready. Even though we saw nothing of him when he played for an injured Russell Wilson back in 2021 to make you think, oh, yeah, we're pulling the wool over the league's eyes here making this trade. Russell's going to torpedo Denver. We're going to get a high first-round pick out of it. And (laughs) Geno Smith's going to be just as productive. It worked out that way. Is it lightning in a bottle? Is it something that can continue? And if Seattle's not sure, and then Smith somehow reached market, should the Saints of all teams, from what they saw, be so sure? See, every decision has those shades of gray. It's not just black and white. No matter how much fun uh, one side versus the other, let's draw the line, sports debate is. It's fun in sports 
it's miserable in politics, but unfortunately that's how our politics work, and that's a topic for another show. But back to just the basics of the shades of gray for the Saints moving forward. They're going to keep their valuable assets. They're not going to trade away anybody that they believe can help them be a division champion in what was the most mediocre, not the worst division in football. The AFC South was worse because they had two horrible teams in the end and two mediocre ones. South just had four mediocre ones. But still, mediocre means door open. The winner of it, Tampa, really good chance they're going to be worse next year. So you don't want to just give up if you have veterans who are good enough to win and lead you. And I don't think the Saints are going to do that. But they have to make a lot of decisions, including just vision on the offensive side of the ball, vision in scheme, vision in players that they they want to rely upon. Another contract renegotiation from Michael Thomas. Can he possibly have a healthy season? We saw a little bit of him earlier this year. You might have forgotten, and he was a difference maker just like he was before. You can always bring Andy Dalton back and have him be your floor. I think that's what the Saints are going to do while Jameis Winston exits stage right. And you're looking for something else to put on your roster that can maybe increase your ceiling. Hopefully increase your ceiling if that player is called upon. Pickens are slim, taking a look at it right now. But you never know when the right opportunity may present itself, and the Saints will be looking for one. They were aggressive last offseason, before Russell Wilson was traded, before Deshaun Watson was traded. Maybe they'll be interested if Aaron Rodgers truly hits the market. I don't know. And I don't know if any of those decisions would have been the right one. I still think Deshaun Watson works out after a normal offseason. He's that good. He's young. I, I sort of think we saw enough of Russell Wilson after firing Nathaniel Hackett, the worst head coach in the league this year. I don't count interim because then that title would go to Jeff Saturday. But very end of the season, Russell Wilson looked more like himself. Maybe that's fixable. Maybe Sean Payton is the man who winds up going to the Mile High City and fixing it. Who knows? lot to play out. But there's just enough change that's going to happen around the NFL and with the Saints that's going to determine whether the needle points back up or if it starts pointing the other way. And the Saints should not be afraid to be aggressive after going from 9-8 and eight to 7-10. and 10 with having less injury issues this year than they had last year and still being two games worse. No fear. Be bold. If you're still trying to win now, then go ahead and be bold about it. And they are. So don't go halfway. Don't go pure, smart, analytic move. Always fits the salary cap. Mickey Loomis and company, Jeff Ireland, make some decisions here. If you think you can barge through the door, then do it. Because the other way isn't going to happen. There isn't going to be a sale of assets. And quite honestly, 
give Dennis Allen the best possible shot to build a winner. So you can know after two years definitively whether he's capable of doing that in that job. You can point and say going that route does leave you open to your best assets getting yet another year older. Things start to bottom out. You won't get as much if you finally decide to do a fire sale because the writing's too clearly on your wall. But at the same time, we know the direction the Saints are going to go in, which is to be a playoff team and win. So they need to do it full steam ahead. And if that hurts two, three, maybe five years down the line and affects an eventual rebuild, that may never happen. So be it. That's where they are. That's where they've cast their lot. Let's just hope they get it right. 504-260-1061 is the number as always. Jude Young with you as always on Tuesday night for all access. Want to hear your thoughts on that, obviously, with the Saints moving forward. They're they're not as tricky of a po- uh, an off-season puzzle to, to solve as... Maybe they're made out to be. There are different opinions on it. Would I argue for a second if a trade-off and tear-down were done? No, I would not. I don't know if the Saints are equipped to do that as far as front office personnel making those decisions and how the coaching staff would handle that because they've been built to win for so long and a lot of the same leaders are in place doesn't mean it would work. So might as well have them, I guess, just do what they're used to doing, which is try to win as many games as possible. Just hope it works. Again, 504-260-106.1, of course, the number, 1061. When we come back, well, more to talk about. A little update on a big game in college basketball for LSU. They need to get back on the right track. Let you know where the privateers are going to be this week. I will be with them and more again when we return to All Access. Inside New Orleans. If it's New Orleans sports, culture, food. Inside New Orleans with Eric Asher is talking about it. Weekdays at 4 on 1061 Nash Icon and available online anytime at NashFM1061.com. Hey guys, this is Keenan Thompson. I have a problem with you. Yes, you. None of y'all told me that Auto Trader has millions of new and used cars that I can shop from home. I thought we were friends. I put smiles on your face, but I'm not smiling. No one told me that with Auto Trader, a dealer can deliver cars to my home or that I could shop by price on Auto Trader. No one. Consider this friendship that you just learned we had officially over. Finally, it's easy. Auto Trader. When you can't stop, <coughs> there's Vicks VapoRub. Vicks VapoRub sends powerful medicated Vicks vapors right to the source of your... <coughs> so you can experience cough relief and breathe easier. Generations of families have trusted Vicks VapoRub to help relieve the worst cold symptoms. So next time you have a cough, reach for the Vicks VapoRub. Vicks VapoRub. Cough relieving is believing. 
And now a small business setback is assessed by a beloved family pediatrician. Oh, hey, Tiger. Big scary tree branch give your work truck a boo-boo? Yeah. Wow. See this thing on my phone here? It's the Progressive Mobile app. Just push that little button there and report your claim. Attaboy. When owning a small business gets painful, Progressive Commercial is here to make it all better. Get a quote in as little as six minutes at ProgressiveCommercial.com. <gasps> What's this? Candy drawer? Who wants a lollipop? Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Covered subject to policy terms and conditions. Photo claims not available in all states or situations. If you have certain chronic conditions, such as heart disease, asthma, diabetes, and you're 19 years of age or older, 52, 36, 42, you may be at increased risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar 20, pneumococcal 20-valent conjugate vaccine, a Pfizer vaccine that can help protect against pneumococcal pneumonia in just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. The most commonly reported side effect was pain at the injection site. For additional common side effects and full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. I'm going to ask my doctor about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20. Susan, I'm sorry I'm late. Traffic is terrible. It sure is. But on top of that, gas prices have been skyrocketing. I can't believe how expensive gas has gotten recently. Prices at the pump are up, but I never pay full price for gas anymore. I just use the free Upside app that pays you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get paid cash when you buy gas with the Upside app? Yes, I get real cash back every time I buy gas. And does that actually add up to anything? I've made around $200. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the free Upside app now. Download the free Upside app to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code READY for an extra 25 cents per gallon cash back on your first fill-up. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, to PayPal, or any gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code READY for a 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code READY for 25 cents per gallon cash back on your first fill-up. This report is sponsored by Progressive Insurance. Progressive Commercial Insurance flexes to fit your business needs, from quick repairs to adjustable coverages and even payment options. Progressive Commercial makes it easy to get what you need. Quote today in as little as six minutes at ProgressiveCommercial.com. Welcome to your daily sports report presented by CrescentCitySports.com. Dennis Allen said Monday he expects to remain coach of the Saints. Said he went with Andy Dalton over Jameis Winston because it gave his team the best chance to win. And said he's evaluating his staff to consider changes. Allen did not provide any insight into the future of Michael Thomas. The Arizona Cardinals fire Cliff Kingsbury. Houston fires Lovey Smith. Sean Payne's name will come up. DeMar Hamlin continues his remarkable recovery from cardiac arrest. He's now in Buffalo receiving medical care. The national championship game a disappointment. Georgia blew out TCU 65-7 in Los Angeles. The Bulldogs Arms amassed 590 total yards. Georgia, the first to win back-to-back since Alabama did it in 2012. Saints Hall of Fame inductee Reggie Bush of USC, former John Curtis star Michael Stonebreaker of Notre Dame, among those to be inducted into the National Football Foundation College Hall of Fame in December. The New Orleans Pelicans took care of business in the nation's capital, whipping the Wizards 132-112. The Pelicans are at Boston Wednesday night. And in college basketball, ninth ranked Loyola now 14-0. They beat Xavier's women 82-58. For these stories and more, visit CrescentCitySports.com. Have a blessed day and be a good sport. For CrescentCitySports.com, I'm Ken Trahan. Now's the time. What's on your mind? We'd love to get your take by calling Ken Trahan of CrescentCitySports.com and all access 
on 1061 Nash Icon and at NashFM1061.com. Call 504-260-1061. Who? Who? No, this isn't Ken Trahan. This is his partner in CrescentCitySports.com crime, Jude Young. As usual, on a Tuesday night, happy to be with you. Happy to see for LSU's sake that after a couple of conference losses, they're in good shape at the moment at home against Florida. Both those teams 1-2 and two in the league. The 12-3 and three Tigers with an early 21-16 advantage, 8-minute mark of the first half. Tulane with an interesting and important road game tomorrow for the Green Wave. They'll be at SMU. And, well, if you're Tulane, that's the type of road win you've got to have because the type of wins away that you can't afford to miss out on, that's high on the list because the conference doesn't afford you a lot of them. Tulane at 3-1, and one, tied with two other teams, a game behind Houston. Now, look, if Tulane can pick off a win against a team at 16-1 and one and a true national title contender in Houston. That would be massive for Ron Hunter and company. But at 10-5 and five right now, only two true away games, even though they've won three straight games, you got to win on the road. And SMU overall has kind of had the, the bottom fallout. They can't win away from home. That's not an issue for the Mustangs tomorrow night. But... Six and ten for uh, four and four at home. They're beatable. And Tulane has to cash in. They opened conference and couldn't take care of a golden opportunity, I think, at Cincinnati to catch them early. Defense just wasn't there for them. But the overall depth and strength of the American is not good enough. So games against Memphis and Houston are important. Central Florida as well. Good win over Temple, but not a great win. When you think about, can we possibly be in contention for the at-large? And the end, Tulane must be top three. And when they play Memphis, UCF, and of course Houston, they got to come away with some wins there. You might argue that they got to come up with four out of six there while picking off-road victories to strengthen their case. I'm not even looking at the net yet. I'm even pulling it up. Until you get to February, it doesn't matter right now. But I know enough about Tulane's schedule and the quality of Tulane's wins overall that says road wins in their conference, being a top three team, crucial. Meanwhile, for LSU, yes, they played a weak non-conference schedule as well. Matt McMahon rebuilding almost an entire roster on the fly. And there's no shame in losing at a Kentucky or even a Texas A&M on the road. Although the uh, the issue I thought they were going to have with consistency offensively started to rear its ugly head with only 56 points season low in College Station. They're going to have to pick off some road wins somewhere as well, just based on the schedule they built. At least with the 9-0 and home record, the big win over Arkansas, 12-3 and three overall. They put themselves in a decent position. But then Arkansas, when I watched that game, I said, you know, unless this is just a one-off, LSU played the Razorbacks to say, I dare you to beat us from the outside. And Arkansas couldn't. And now they're just 1-2 and two in conference. And like LSU, they 
Haven't won on the road yet. So the quality of that win is already looking less than what it was supposed to be, while Alabama and Tennessee have class of the conference written all over them, and Texas A&M's 2-0 in the league, a game less played behind those two leaders. So no shame in that loss right now, not a bad loss. LSU needs to avoid the bad losses and come up with wins against teams like Florida, just 8-7, and seven. and quite honestly with Mike White out, new leadership, just an average at best team. You got to win those type of games. They're likely a bottom third of the conference type of team. So can't lose those games at home. So we'll see how they do tonight. And we'll see how the New Orleans privateers do after showing, look, you get into conference play and you've gone through the ringer to get there. And you lose a game on the road to open conference play that you felt like you didn't play near your best. Had some extenuating circumstances to not have your best available rotation out there. You lose it in overtime. Give up a lot of points. Team really responded at home with two dominant victories over teams in the Southland that, quite honestly, should be finishing at or near the bottom. Lamar and then the HCU squad that had beaten them on the road a week prior. This is a very important week for UNL as far as do they want to contend for a conference title as a team picked third in the league and one that has sort of a different overall vibe emerging with more of the newcomers versus the returnees stepping up to, to be vital pieces. Can you go on the road, two games, one against another team that's going to be at the bottom of the league that's 0-3? but can win on their home floor, and UIW will have that game for you. Tip off around 8 o'clock on Thursday night, and then a team picked to win the league, sitting at 3-0 and in the Southland. Can you go to A&M Corpus Christi, a team you swept last year, and get another win there? Not having to play on their on-campus gym like was the setup last year, instead playing them in the American Bank Center, big cavernous kind of feeling arena, Maybe that helps UNO as well. Takes a little bit of the home edge away from an Islander team that won the conference tournament to go to the NCAAs and brought back the entire core of that team. They're not explosive offensively, but they're tough. They rebound well. They defend well. That doesn't mean that UNO, if they bring the sort of edge that we saw in the homestand defensively, holding two teams under 60 points, that doesn't mean UNO can't go there and win. So if the privateers want to contend, there's a full understanding that they're going to have to bring it in those two games and say, hey, you want to come home saying you're a real conference title contender? You want to put yourself in great position for the stair-stepping bracket that is the Southland Conference Tournament where you don't want to have to climb three and four steps, you only want to climb two, well, you got to be in the top two. And if you can win on the road in these two games, you set yourself up to start believing you can do that. So big basketball games already facing the local three, right, that we focus on. Because where do you want to be positioned for March? One big, one bid league the Southland is, so it's all about putting yourself in the best spot to try to win the postseason tournament. Tulane and LSU 
are not in the best spots right now to put up at-large cases. So you can't lose home games you're supposed to win, and you got to find a way to win on the road. Unless you're trying to do the former tonight, Tulane looking to go to Dallas and pull off the ladder tomorrow evening. 504-260-1061 is the number. Your thoughts welcome on a variety of different topics, including what we were speaking about earlier with the New Orleans Saints, as well as transitioning into a closer look at the bigger picture of the basketball scene, including in case you weren't paying attention and you probably weren't. Sort of like last year, it snuck up on people. Loyola's really good again. They're the defending national champions of the NAIA in men's basketball. And lo and behold, they went 37-1 and last year. They lost their head coach. They lost three starters as transfers to major college programs, including Marquette and Ole Miss. But new coach and a local Donald Reyes and some guys who were reserves on last year's team stepping up, and they're 13-2 and and undefeated in conference. They can make another run at a national title. And also keep an eye on Dillard. They brought in a slew of new players, and they're under a new head coach, and maybe they could do it too. That would be fun to watch. So college basketball starting to grab a hold of your attention. And we're trying to keep you up to date on all of that. Roe Brown with a really good feature on the Loyola Wolf Pack and this team after the team trying to go and defend a national title. Back with more here on All Access after this on 106.1 FM. Susan, I'm sorry I'm late. Traffic is terrible. It sure is. But on top of that, gas prices have been skyrocketing. I can't believe how expensive gas has gotten recently. Prices at the pump are up, but I never pay full price for gas anymore. I just use the free Upside app that pays you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get paid cash when you buy gas with the Upside app? Yes, I get real cash back every time I buy gas. And does that actually add up to anything? I've made around $200. Wow, that's serious extra extra cash. I'm downloading the free Upside app now. Download the free Upside app to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code READY for an extra 25 cents per gallon cash back on your first fill up. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, to PayPal, or any gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code READY for a 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code READY for 25 cents per gallon cash back on your first fill up. If you're injured in a car crash, never settle for less than you deserve from the insurance company. And don't settle for just any law firm. Demand Dudley DeBosier. It's always our goal to get you the maximum compensation you deserve. And with our no-fee guarantee, you pay us nothing. No fees, no costs, or expenses unless we get you money. Call now, and we'll review your case for free. That's the Dudley DeBosier difference. Call 504-444-4444. That's 504-444-4444. Chad Dudley, New Orleans. LA 2213579. Hey guys, this is Keenan Thompson. I have a problem with you. Yes, you. None of y'all told me that Auto Trader has millions of new and used cars that I can shop from home. I thought we were friends. I put smiles on your face, but I'm not smiling. No one told me that with Auto Trader, a dealer can deliver cars to my home or that I could shop by price on Auto Trader. No one. Consider this friendship that you just learned we had officially over. Finally, it's easy. Auto Trader. 
This report is sponsored by Staples Stores. Staples Print and Marketing is committed to quality and printing perfect every time. Now at Staples, get $10 off your document printing and marketing materials order of $50 or more. Offer ends 211. See staples.com slash store slash printing for details. Try Staples and see the difference. This is Josh Danzig with Where You At Magazine for 1061 Nash Icon. This Saturday night, head to the Jefferson Performing Arts Center for the Party for the Performing Arts, featuring dinner, live music, and a Saturday night fever disco dance party. And for great entertainment, don't miss Noel Miller at the Fillmore this Sunday evening on his Everything is Effed Up Tour with comedy, rapping, and much more. For more ideas on what to do this weekend, pick up the new issue of Where You At Magazine at restaurants, coffee shops, and retail outlets all over town. Or visit us at whereyat.com. Cumulus New Orleans, incredible service and excellent results. New Orleans is always number one with Cumulus Radio and Digital. This is where you get all access, not just to focus on one or two topics, All sports are on the table with your calls at all times. Join us now by calling 260-1061. Now back to Jude Young on 1061 Nash Icon through CrescentCitySports.com and at NashFM1061.com. And the maestro of production, Rudy Dixon, who was having a conversation with me during the break, which is standard mentioning, hey, baseball season's right around the corner. And that reminded me to let you know of a great event later this month. Make time at lunch on Tuesday, January 24th in Mid-City at the Cannery. Great event hall for the first annual Greater New Orleans Quarterback Club First Pitch Luncheon. A true focus on local college baseball. Keynote speaker will be Paul Maneri, and we'll have the coaches from, get this, UNO, Blake Dean, Jay Ullman of Tulane, Jeremy Kennedy, Loyola, Adrian Holloway of Xavier, Glenn Powell of Nunez, and Joe Sherman of Delgado. All those coaches will be there to speak about their teams just a few weeks ahead of the start of the season. As a matter of fact, for those NAIA programs and JUCO programs, their seasons start sooner. Loyola, Nunez, and Xavier will all start later that week and Delgado on February 3rd, of course, middle of February, the standard start time for NCAA baseball. So a true look at local college baseball from the head coaches that will give you in-depth previews of their teams. So that's pretty cool. Again, at the Cannery, January 24th. More info available on that at CrescentCitySports.com, including contacts to buy tickets. You can buy a whole table for 320 Individual tickets at $40. You can take time to talk to the coaches. They'll be there to mingle and have conversations with everybody and answer everybody's questions. So it'll be a great event for the local college baseball fan. Again, check out the info on that on CrescentCitySports.com. Back to the number, which is 504-260-1061, and using it once more from Baton Rouge, a New Orleanian himself. Tim, what's going on, sir? You there? Yes, sir. Hello? How are you, How you you doing? Doing great, man. Yeah, man, that that game last night, uh, I just stopped watching at halftime, 65 You know, 
despite TCU being in the Big 12, I still see them as a mid-major, a G5 team, a G5 talent, you know? That's tough. I mean, I, I think that, you know, you you mentioned that. It's a conversation I had with uh, somebody recently, and I was saying, we have this concept of Power 5 and G5 for major college football. And perhaps we need to come up with three levels. Sort of like in basketball, nobody wants to say that they're a low major. And as a broadcaster in, in the Southland Conference, I think if we're being real and you look at the conference ratings and where you stand, the reality is, you know, you could use the term low major more than mid-major and certainly not high major for that particular league. I think in college football, there's the big two there's the Big Ten and the SEC, and maybe, uh, you know, until they join the Big Ten, U- USC kind of recruits on that high level. Obviously, Notre Dame on its own island. And then after that, there's the rest of the Power Five. W- what do you want to call the ACC, the Big 12, uh, the Pac-12, the, at least the Pac-12 moving forward without USC and UCLA? And then you have the group of five. So I don't know if we're going to come up with new names. We didn't use the term what group of five like 20 years ago so right. maybe we'll come up with something else but i would say that they're firmly in the middle not group of five level talent they've got better talent than that team teams that poach tcu uh or have guys that d- don't get the job done or get the playing time they want at tcu like a patrick johnson who's from this area Eric product he came down so to speak to tulane so I, I, let, let's give TCU a little bit more credit than that. They sent a lot of guys to the pros, pros and they're a good football team, and they showed you that all year long. But this was a different animal. This was Georgia, a defending national champion, used to being in that game and not happy with the way they played in the semifinal, just at the peak of their powers. And there weren't too many college football teams that would have stayed even close to Georgia last night. So defending the Horn Frog, let's give all the credit to the Bulldogs for being the number one program in college football right now, not just the back-to-back national champion, the most talented, the deepest, the most physically imposing as Kirby Smart has built them. Uh, I don't hold that against TCU, and I don't think Georgia ran up the score. I think TCU was demoralized, unlike anything they could have possibly expected by the second quarter, and that was the result in the score. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, Ohio State have that talent. They they recruit on that level, especially when Urban Meyer got there. You know, they they, they, they could easily beat Georgia. You know, they're on that level, you know. And, or USC yeah. can get back on that level, too. There's no doubt that those account. schools can do that. But you, how many schools can you really count who have the potential to fully be on that level it's it, it's a different league even within once all of these schools are all together plus notre dame in that you know the, the two power leagues big 10 sec how many schools are on that level uh, or can be the sec has a lot of them georgia alabama lsu texas a&m florida I, I don't know if even tennessee can be quite on that level even with the great coaching job that we've seen done there the past couple of years. And then you throw in Texas and Oklahoma coming into the conference. So the SEC is going to have a lot of those powers, and even more than the Big Ten, who will add USC, but beyond really the the big three of Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State, 
the rest of those schools can only hope to get to that level or have a really good year that gives them a chance to achieve over them, like right. Michigan State, like Wisconsin. There just aren't that many schools throwing in a USC, as we mentioned, uh, that are truly on that level. Oregon has the Nike money behind them and the spending power to, to, to be in that range. Florida State and Miami and Clemson and the ACC. And after that, who else is there? It's you, you add all those teams up and the percentage of them that make up all of Division One A football, now called the FBS, it, it's a small number. Yeah, I know. It's just that, uh, it's just like what, what college football these is you have like, like a boxing or in um, wrestling, different weight classes. It's like you have like the heavyweights, the middle. You know, the welterweights, you know, I don't know the different class in the boxing. You have that in football. It's like, I don't like the MAC and the Sun Belt and all those other leagues. They need to have, a lot of those teams were in one double A, and they need to have their own championship. Yeah, and, and thanks for the call, Tim, because I, I think we may eventually, if there's enough of an appetite for it, evolve to having that. But I don't know when TV drives everything that there's, a desire to have anything beyond these one-off bowl games. And we saw this year that more and more of those bowl games were set to match up group of five teams against each other and have power five teams against each other in other bowl games in part because that fits TV. It, it probably does a better job of guaranteeing the competitiveness of the bowls because it's, Something that people say, well, why do we even have these bowls? Who cares? A lot of people must care because ESPN now owns the control of a majority of these bowl games where pretty much everybody gets to go to a bowl as long as they're 500. In the case of Rice this year, they got to go at 5 and 7 just to fill a slot. The ratings are there. They make money off of it. And I'm not so sure if we switch to a playoff format where the stakes were higher where you had a, you know, the NIT, to use a college basketball term, or WNIT, of the top division. If we had something like that, where there's the FCS playoffs, the NIT, if you will, and then the college football playoff, which is in a couple of years going to be 12 teams. I just don't believe that the extra expense that would go into that where you have, you'd have to do it more, for example, on campus games, and you think that would be a money maker, but is it is it really as good as this money making TV built and powered bowl setup, where these schools get to go to different places, and even though the stands are mostly, if not completely empty, it's still a good TV product, and the fans of the teams who can and do go have a good time, players have a good time, it's a trip. It's a reward for a hard-fought season. I don't think that's going to change anytime soon because we'll watch it. They even put these games on at 11 o'clock on an obvious workday where it's not truly the holidays yet. 11 o'clock, 2.30. And if you buy a TV and you're a sports fan, if you're a football fan, you're turning it on. You're watching it. So I don't think they're going to change that. And I think the schools are happy with being in their conferences and fighting for their conference titles and then going to play other schools in bowl season. And for the very best of those other leagues, you're the Sun Belt, you're the AAC. Now you're going to have an avenue to get into the playoff every year. 
and you can play with the big boys, it won't go well. And you won't have more than likely the moment Tulane had this year. That won't be available to the green waves of the world where you go and play this bowl game and it's a one-off and maybe it means a little bit more to you than the other guy, even though it was a hard-fought 60-minute game. USC and Tulane wanted to win equally, and you have that great moment for Tulane. Would it be the same if Tulane would have been on the road at Alabama as the lowest qualifier of a 12-team playoff with Alabama being number five? Would that have gone as well? Would, Would we have these memories that would last a lifetime? Once again, you want access And Cincinnati earned it all the way to the top four, and then they got creamed in the actual Final Four last year. Be careful what you wish for sometimes. If you want the chance to play above your level, when you play at the very top, and it's that much above your level, situations like what happened last night can happen more and more, and will happen more and more under the new system. Just saying. Jude Young with you, All Access. About to wrap things up. One more segment to go. 504-260-1061, the number. We can squeeze you in once we return from this break on 106.1 FM. Bobby Bear's Cajun Cannon Restaurant, voted the number one restaurant in Metairie by TripAdvisor. A place where you can enjoy a great meal with family or hanging out with friends watching the game. A mouth-watering menu that has something for everyone. Amazing cocktails and an incredible beer selection. TVs everywhere. You'll never miss a play. Bobby Bear's Cajun Cannon Restaurant is unique. The perfect combination of Louisiana sports culture and authentic Louisiana cuisine. Order online for delivery at BobbyAbears.com. Open seven days a week for lunch and dinner at 4101 Veterans at Lake Villa. Bobby Bear's Cajun Cannon Restaurant. So good. When the final horn blows at the Allstate Sugar Bowl, the action is just beginning as another jam-packed year of Sugar Bowl activity lies just ahead. With over 55 annual events, including all Louisiana high school state championships, the Sugar Bowl's support of amateur athletics adds up to big fun and big dollars for our economy. From the Crescent City Classic to lacrosse, sailing, basketball, and more, the Sugar Bowl has something for most everyone. For more on the great things the Sugar Bowl is doing, log on to AllstateSugarBowl.org. Sponsored by Allstate, Taco Bell, and Dr. Pepper. Susan, I'm sorry I'm late. Traffic is terrible. It sure is. But on top of that, gas prices have been skyrocketing. I can't believe how expensive gas has gotten recently. Prices at the pump are up, but I never pay full price for gas anymore. I just use the free Upside app that pays you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get paid cash when you buy gas with the Upside app? Yes, I get real cash back every time I buy gas. And does that actually add up to anything? I've made around $200. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the free Upside app now. Download the free Upside app to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code READY for an extra 25 cents per gallon cash back on your first fill-up. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, to PayPal, or any gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code READY for a 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code READY for 25 cents per gallon cash back on your first fill-up. Let's be real. Mopping is a hassle. You have to fill the bucket. Pushing a wet, heavy mop around. Then cleaning the mop when you're done so it doesn't grow bacteria. A hassle on top of a hassle. Try Swiffer WetJet. With Swiffer WetJet, you start with a fresh pad and cleaning solution every time. And when you're done, you just toss the pad. Swiffer WetJet, the faster, easier, cleaner way to clean your floors. I wanted to know why some people who get COVID-19 get it so bad. I found out it may be because they have a high risk factor. 
such as heart disease, diabetes, being overweight, smoking, and asthma. Even if symptoms feel mild, these factors can increase your risk of COVID-19 turning severe. So if you're at high risk and test positive, there are things you can do, like asking your healthcare provider if an authorized oral treatment is right for you. Learn about an option at treatcovid19.com. This message is sponsored by Pfizer. I studied Spanish in college and never got fluent, but then I tried Babbel. Want the most effective way to learn another language? In just 15 minutes a day, Babbel's bite-sized lessons will have you learning another language in as little as three weeks. Babbel gets you speaking quickly about things you actually talk about in the real world. University studies have shown that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a semester of college Spanish. If you want to learn a new language, there's no better way than Babbel. Go to Babbel.com to try Babbel for free. That's B-A-B-B-E-L dot com. Progressive presents Adjusting to the Suburbs. You used to associate crickets with silence. But since you bought a house in the suburbs, you know crickets hate silence. If any other creature realized rubbing its legs together made a piercing high-pitched noise, they might think, maybe I won't do that. Constantly. All night long. Luckily, you can save with Progressive by bundling your home and auto. Now that's something to make noise about. Just not constantly. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company coverage provided in service by affiliates and third-party insurers. Always welcoming intelligent points of view. Whether we agree or disagree, let's have meaningful, constructive dialogue on all access with Jude Young on 106.1 FM Nash Icon at NashFM1061.com and through CrescentCitySports.com. Give us a call at 504-260-1061. You can watch live right now on Crescent City Sports, high school soccer, Archbishop Rummel having an outstanding season, taking on East Jefferson over at Joe Yenny, Emmanuel Peppis, and New Orleans Jester's head coach Kenny Farrell with the call. Again, Rummel and East Jeff live. We also had Patrick Taylor versus East Jeff girls soccer earlier today. You can watch the replay as well, all available on Crescent City Sports. Great features on the Saints at the end of the season, so check all of that out. Season in review with Ross Jackson, less east on what went wrong, and breakdowns of what quarterbacks maybe if the Saints don't use a first-round pick that they obtain for Sean Payton 4-1. What can they get in round two and beyond? Renee Nato has that for you as well. News today in the headlines, Tulane finishing ninth in the major polls, that's AP and USA Today coaches polls, LSU at 15th and 16th. Again, Green Wave fans, if you'd have been playing at Alabama in a playoff game, in a 5 versus 12 game in a 12-team format, would you be ninth in the polls to end the season with the memories from Arlington, Texas? Again, you'd want that chance, but you give up something in return for that chance. Keep it in mind. And giving up something like the stability and a great relationship is something that the Manning Passing Academy did not want to do. As a result, the announcement of a five-year extension for that great summer event to stay at Nickel State University in Thibodeau. It's become a staple of the offseason for young quarterbacks as counselors and as actual participants in the camp. Great college quarterbacks from around the country come along, of course, with the Manning family and it will be in Thibodeau now through 2027. Great to hear that. I'll be with you from San Antonio Thursday night. Tip off around 8 o'clock, UNO and UIW, right here on 106.1 FM. Saying goodnight, I am Jude Young, thanking again Rudy Dixon for his work in the Cumulus New Orleans studios. 
Catch you all later. Thanks for listening to All Access on 106.1 FM Nash Icon and at NashFM1061.com. Presented by CrescentCitySports.com, the best prep sports site in Louisiana with the state's best prep football scoreboard. All Access was also presented by the All-State Sugar Bowl, representing the best of amateur athletics, and by Francesca by Katie's, serving up St. Louis-style food with a New Orleans flair.